Welcome to the newest edition of the House of Chayton podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Chayton. We are at episode 14. And I got to tell you, this is going to be a very game-heavy show, but we have some more stuff to talk about in terms of movie news. We actually got some really good um, movie news coming up this week. But first off, let's talk about the box office report for the weekend of September 9th through the 11th. At number one, Barbarian, which I'm very happy about. They made $10.5 million, and I'm sure it's either already or close to already making its budget back. Let's look at the current global box office currently. It has made $14 million worldwide. So I'm very happy for this film. Of course, it is my number two favorite movie of the year, and it is now my favorite horror film of the year so far. So I'm very happy about that. See, number two is this movie called Brahmatsa, part one, Shiva. Never heard of it, but it made $4.5 million. Number three, Bullet Train at $3.3 million. It was uh, number two last week. And let's see. See how much that one's made. It's made $213 million currently. And then number four is last week's number one, Top Gun Maverick with $3.1 million. And it has made... See where it's at now in the current box office. $1.4 billion is at $1.454. So possibility, possibility it could still hit uh, 1.5 by the end of the um by the end of its run. We shall see. Number five, the invitation with 2.6, ironically, 2.666 million dollars. It has made 18 million. Domestic, let's see how much it's made so far. It's made $26 million worldwide. So it could be on the verge of making its money back. Number six, DC League of Super Pets with $2.656 million. Number seven, Life Mark, never heard of it. It's uh, $2.1 million. Number eight, Beast at $1.8 million. See how much that's made so far. It's made $50 million worldwide. Number seven, Minions of Rock, or sorry, number eight, or number, sorry, shit. Number nine, Minions of Rise of Gru. I'm looking at the, what they were last week. Number nine, Minions of Rise of Gru with 1.743 million. That has made, let's see, almost a billion dollars at 905. I don't think it's going to hit it now because it just got released on Blu-ray and 4K this past week. And then number 10, Spider-Man No Way Home the re-release at $1.3 million. So it has made, currently, in its uh, re-release, let's see, $8.9 million, almost at $9 million. So we'll see if it could get to that. I, I wonder if it's still going to be out in theaters right now. I, I, that I don't know. So that is your box office report for the week of September 9th through the 11th. And with that, we'll hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. So, with this episode of the House of Chain podcast, we are going to have a lot of game talk. We are going to have movie talk. We are going to have other stuff that we are going to be discussing, but it's going to be a lot of game talk since there's a lot of game conventions, a lot of game events happening this past week. Uh, first off, I want to talk about the Resident Evil. So, I guess I'll have this version B, portion B, the gameplay or the game news section. 
So we had Resident Evil Village and Resident Evil Bio or Sub Biohazard, Resident Evil 2, and Resident Evil 3 remakes coming to the Switch via the cloud. So I am not really the biggest person on cloud. Like I played Xbox Cloud Gaming for Game Pass. Like I'm gonna talk about Deathloop in a minute regarding that. But uh, I played the demo for Resident Evil Village and it, it sucked. I'm just going to be honest with you. It, it, it flat out sucked. It was lagging, especially with the aiming, a uh, lot of pop-ups. And I, I know, granted, I know this is a new, or this is like a Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PS4, PS5 game coming to the Switch and, you know, and all that. However, again, the purpose of a demo is to entice you to buy the full game. And this demo was didn't impress me at all. So unless I, and plus, again, you can't download it. You got to, you can only play with internet connect. So if I'm on the go, I don't have internet directly to my switch on the go. So if I have to, so I have to, um, and even if I did, it may not be the most reliable internet on the go. So I don't, I don't know. Like maybe if it's $10, I'll pick it up when, uh, like if it goes on sale or something, but Honestly, and it sucks because I like I would have liked if they just did Village Cloud and the rest of them on the Switch regular regularly, but it is what it is. They also announced Resident Evil 4 remake will be coming to PS4. No word yet on if Resident Evil 4 will become an Xbox One, uh, but uh, if we don't, we should know hopefully by next month because Resident Evil is going to have a showcase sometime next month. We don't know when. But it'll be in October, probably around the time the new DLC comes out. We also got some new uh, gameplay for the uh, new DLC for Village, which looks phenomenal. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts on the cloud stuff. And I'm hoping that we get Resident Evil 4 Remake on the Xbox One. But uh, if we don't know by then, you know, then it probably won't. If we don't get it announced by then, then it probably won't happen. But at least they were trying to put him on last gen console. I at least give him that. Speaking of Capcom, we did also get some gameplay footage for Street Fighter VI, which I'm getting more and more impressed by. Not as impressed as I was with Tekken 8, though. Tekken 8, like, they had a PlayStation um, State of Play, and they also had a, what was it, a um, Nintendo Direct. I'll be talking about that in a moment. The biggest thing to come out of Nintendo Direct, I'll just go into this. The biggest thing that came out of Nintendo Direct was GoldenEyes coming to the Nintendo Switch via the N64 expansion, the online expansion. But besides that, I'm not looking forward to, like, nothing else. Oh, Legend of Zelda, the sequel to Breath of the Wild, is coming next year in May. But other than that, it sucked. Direct. Now, State of Play was a better showcase. They also showed, like I said, Tekken 8, which looks fucking phenomenal. I don't know if that was full-length gameplay, but... Like if it if if it if it's even close to that, it looks fucking amazing. So with the uh, state of play was when we got some more news on God of War Ragnarok, which looks really good. So um, it, all around fantastic. Now, as far as Microsoft, like one of the games that is going to be coming to Xbox and Game Pass on September twentieth is Deathloop, which everybody kn knows that that was a PlayStation Time exclusive. Now, I will not be playing it, like, in terms of downloading, but I will be able to play via the cloud due to the fact that you, I'm a, I can do that. I did that with the Medium on the Xbox One. 
So um, I'm looking forward to it because I never got to play Deathloop. And, you know, I played the medium. I had very little issues playing it. So we'll see how this one goes on the cloud. So that was some of the uh, big game news in regards to... We also had a Marvel... I already talked about this last week, but D23... And I'll get into more about that. I, I'm just I'm just disappointed with the Disney lineup of games. Now, <clears throat> now besides that, we also got some new gameplay for AEW, some more so fan cam footage. So that was interesting as well. And besides that, I'm looking actually right now before we get into the next topic, which will mainly primarily pertain movie relates event tv because we also got some news on chucky but um let me uh go to let me go to something real quick but yeah what are you what are you all most excited for in terms of uh the games that are coming out like tekken tekken 8 looks looks pretty badass so i'm actually excited for that in regards to that now also the nintendo switch online plus expansion also, I have some new games for Sega from the Sega Genesis Collection. One of them being Earthworm Jim, which I was a big fan of that game. So that one looks very interesting. Now, also the beta for Call of Duty Marvel for 2, especially for uh, PS5 or PlayStation has dropped. And the reviews have been pretty decent so far, the reactions from what I have seen. Also, Resident Evil Village will be coming to us on PlayStation VR 2, so that is... That is going uh, to be the main focus right there. So let's see. We also got some new, uh, some new stuff. Let's see. Trying to see real quick before I before I go into the main situation or main movie news. Where is it? Okay, let's go to this real quick. I believe I've covered majority of the news, if you will, if you will. But let us see. I'm gonna go to Game Informer right now. Doing this on the fly, ladies and gentlemen. So as I like it, like I like the underground because currently, right now, we are uh, undergoing the uh, Tokyo Game Show, which is where we got some AEW game news. And so, let me see real quick. Uh, we got some new uh, news on the new Sonic game, which doesn't look that interesting. And uh, But yeah, I'm really looking forward to Call of Duty Modern Warfare uh, 2, the, the actual game itself. Uh, see, new updates for, for uh, Deathloop includes extended ending, crossplay, and more. So that'll be interesting for Deathloop. And then, like a dragon, the uh, guide in the man who erased his name announced, which is going to be a, a continuation of the Yakuza series. But we're not getting, it doesn't look like they, I think they're killing off the Yakuza name, which is very interesting. And I believe we, oh, here we go. We got, I guess I'll use the final, final bit of news. So we do know that GoldenEye 64 will be coming to Xbox with dual analog stick support. This comes to us from uh, Game Informer. As one of the most influential beloved shooters of all time, GoldenEye 007 
is a special game for many who played it in the late 90s. However, it's been a long time since the game has been playable on modern consoles. That changes soon as the revolutionary first-person shooter received a duo of announcements today. First, we learned about Switch version as part of the Nintendo Switch Online or Plus Online Expansion Pass uh, catalog. However, we also learned a title which was developed by now Microsoft on Rare is coming to Xbox as a part of Game Pass and Rare Replay. That is that is really interesting. They're act- Rare Replay has been out for almost a, almost a decade, so I'm very interested that they are going to add it a part of that collection, which is great. When the game arrives on Xbox, it will include the classic campaign complete with the original difficulty setting and cheat codes and a word on if DK mode will be renamed to something more generic like Big Head Mode. For the Xbox version, the Xbox version will also include the split-screen local competitive multiplayer that made the game such a mainstay for get-togethers in the N64 era. See, now I don't even need to get the expansion because it's going to be coming to Xbox One. Unfortunately, it does not appear as though the online multiplayer available in the Nintendo Switch version will make the jump to Xbox. the Xbox version. However, the Xbox version of GoldenEye 007 does include improved control options, including dual analog stick support, native 16 by 9 resolution up to 4K Ultra HD, a constant refresh rate, and full achievement support. Uh, GoldenEye is coming to Xbox uh, Series X and S and Xbox One as part of Game Pass. Everyone who already owns Rare Replay will be able to download the game at no additional cost. We don't know exactly when GoldenEye arrives on Xbox, but according to Rare, the game will land simultaneously on Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch Online. So that's great news. That is great news coming to us from the, uh, the of course, the Rare and all that stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm even more excited because now I get to play on my big screen TV. Um, but yeah. So with all that being said, we are going to get into the next, the next bit of news, which will be the movie news. And I will see you all in just a bit. All right. Let's get into the movie news. Now, we did get D23. Some final notes about D23, which basically was a lot of stuff that we didn't, that we already knew, except for Werewolf by Night. That's coming to us next month on Disney Plus. I cannot wait for that. Almost close for the, was it the Midnight Suns, I believe? Let me, let me make sure exactly what um, the group is called before I, I think that's the video game, actually. Uh, see. I don't want to come off as a as a idiot when I want to say, oh well, Charlie, it's entertaining. It's not this. It's not that. You know, um, let's see, team members. I believe it is called the Midnight. Yeah, it's called the Midnight Sun. See, yeah, okay. I was I was correct. So we'll make sure because we got we're going to get Blade soon. We got we got almost the almost all the characters. So yeah, but that was really literally the only thing that we knew about, like. The only new thing that we that we that I didn't know about. Most of the other stuff was the same old stuff in regards to a lot of the news that we already know of of the like Thunderbolt, so on and so forth. So D twenty three honestly was a giant misfire, if I'm if I'm being completely honest with you. In better news, we got we got a teaser trailer for VHS ninety nine, the follow up to VHS ninety four, and I cannot wait for it. Uh, I've been a big fan of VHS series. I just actually watched Siren, which was a uh, which was basically 
an expanded film of the short film that was in the first VHS movie. So we also got a trailer for, uh, see, Mr. Harrigan, or see, Harrigan's Phone, a uh, Stephen King horror story uh, with coming to Netflix, Ryan Murphy and Blumhouse adapt. They're adapting it. I enjoyed it. It has uh, Donald Sutherland and all that interesting little story. So I'm uh, something I'm not too too familiar with. So I'm I'm actually um, interested in lo- learning more about it. To be quite honest with you, also, Terrifier Two opens in 700 plus theaters in, on October the sixth. Um, I'm AMC is going to have it as it's part of its uh, thrills and chills. So I am actually hoping that they will be playing it in my area, but we shall see. I will keep you all updated because I will be seeing it in theaters if it does, if it does release at my local theater, but there could be other theaters that could be released too. And I can see it there. Next up, Chucky season two. Uh, we got a new trailer for it coming uh, with, we got Glenn and Glenda, Tiffany, and uh, multiple Chucky dolls. It just—it's insanity. I cannot wait for this. And that comes on, on Sci-Fi and USA on October the fifth. I've wrapped up with a lot of shows, and I'll talk about that near the end. But uh, so I'm happy that, that I'll have some more TV shows to discuss. So that'll be fantastic. But the trailer looked awesome. Now, the one thing I was looking forward to the most—I didn't know it was going to happen. We are getting another. Movie and Ty West's X franchise. I will be talking about Pearl later on at the end of this uh, episode. But we are getting Maxine, and that's with three X's, which is a sequel to X. Pearl's a prequel, X is the middle one, and then, of course, Maxine is a sequel, which will take place. It was basically just a teaser with the with the Hollywood sign Seth saying Hollywood had Maxine with three X's. So ahead of the release, and this comes to us from Bloody Disgusting. Ahead of the release of Ty West's new horror movie, Pearl, a prequel to this year's X, A24 has announced this week that a third film set in the X universe is also on the way. Saddle Maxine, set in 1985 and coming soon. And in the trailer, Deadline reports Mia Goth will be back and reprising one of the two roles she played in X, follows Maxine after the events of X, as a sole survivor who continues her journey towards fame, setting out to make it as an actress in 1980s Los Angeles. The film hasn't yet been shot, <clears throat> but it's on a fa- or is on a fast track after being greenlit by A24, Deadline also notes in their exclusive report. It all stems from X, which launched Goth as the survivor of the porn shoot that gone or goes awry when their hosts in rural Texas see what they are doing the cast and crew ends up fighting for their lives. Wes wrote the script. Pearl, meanwhile, takes place in 1918, decades before the events of X, with Mia Goth reprising the role of X's killer in the year in this year's slasher X. Goth played the dual role Pearl, senior citizen Maxine, the film's final girl. The film ends up with Max Maxine, spoiler alert, killing Pearl, who, along with her husband Howard, have been brutally slain. Uh, Maxine's friends throughout the movie. And then, of course, they talk about Pearl and all that good stuff. But I can't wait for this. So it's supposed to be coming out next year. So uh, Wes told Play discussing earlier this year, part of the idea of this movie that's cool to me is that there is a bigger thing to it all. What I can tell you about Pearl, because we've already made it and it's done, is very much a story about Pearl, so you will learn more about her. It's 
it is stylish, uh, stylistically very different from X. Uh, you don't need um, one without the other, but they are they enrich each other in a specific way, which he is correct. I'll discuss that more in my review. In the way that X is affected, let's say that by 1970s horror independent filmmaking in Americana cinema, prose influenced by a very different era of filmmaking. If we do a third one, it will be affected by a different type of cinema. So I can't wait for Maxine uh, after seeing Pearl and after seeing, of course, X, some of my favorite movies of the year, uh, especially in the horror genre. So I cannot wait. Let's see. Um, okay, so next up, we got a few more to talk about. We also have Babylon, the new uh, Damien Giselle movie that has Margaret Robbie and Brad Pitt. That looks fucking phenomenal. I, I just fell in love with that trailer. Uh, so that, that is uh, another trailer to talk about uh, in regards to that. But also, the original Halloween returned to theaters along with Halloween 4 and 5. So... While we wait for Halloween Ends to complete the new trilogy, we've learned today that Cinelife Entertainment, a division of Spotlight Cinema Networks, will be will re-release John Carpenter's 1978 classic and its sequels Halloween 4 and 5 for the second year in a row. The legendary s- series will be back in theaters beginning September 20, uh, 2022. So hopefully they'll have some here in <clears throat> my area and in my local theaters, at least the theaters I usually go to, I wouldn't mind seeing Halloween 4 for the first time in theaters. So next up, we've got The Haunted Mansion, uh, which is a reboot of the original the movie with uh, Eddie Murphy. That will, be mo- that will be delayed into summer 2023. It was originally supposed to come out in March. Um, so we are, we are going to see it. Let me see, actually. Oh, Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, Rosario Dawson, Danny DeVito with Jamie Lee Curtis and Jared Leto. Oh, it's, it's actually a pretty good cast. Uh, let's see, Winona Ryder will also be in there. And Dan Levy, that, that's interesting. So, great cast. I didn't know who was, who was in this movie, actually. Next up, a movie that I did not think I want, but now, like with Wayne the Pooh, I can't live without. Violent Night, another movie about Killer Santa, this time played by David Harbour. Let's see. David Harbour stars as a ass-kicking Santa Claus. I, 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 I just, uh, let's see. Violent Night was compared to Die Hard by David Harbour at CinemaCon earlier this year. The film centered on Harbour's Santa Claus rescuing a family that has been taken hostage. It's uh, being described as violent as a violent action comedy with John Leguizamo playing the villain. In a film, in the film, a film or a team of elite mercenaries break into a wealthy family compound on Christmas Eve, taking everyone inside hostage. But the team isn't prepared for a surprise combatant. Santa Claus is on the grounds, and he's about to show why this Nick is no saint. I can't wait for this. Comes out on December second. I can't wait for this. This this looks awesome. I love I love David Harbour. Anyway, in the final bit of news. I'm sure I missed a lot of different news, but I, I, I've been like with the game talk and then the top 14 that you're going to be hearing about in a minute. It's, it's been a very busy week. Uh, but uh, uh, we in like I said, the game news, I was I was shocked. But yeah, usually we focus more on movies here, but there are occasions we talk about games. But we had a lot of game news this week. And I didn't cover every bit of game news. So Dahmer, we got a trailer. The new show with Evan Peters that's coming on, I believe, September 21st. 
I, I, I didn't know what to expect with this. I was looking forward to it. But um, I, I was blown away by this show and by Evan Peters, like the trailer. It's not, not really a show. I, I just think – I think Evan Peters is going to kill it as Jeffrey Dahmer. Last time, it's a 10-episode limited series, which uh, reportedly spans between the 1960s and the, through the early 1980s. So I am very much looking forward to this. This, this show looks just the, the, the fucking, oh, the fucking, just the tension in this, in this trailer was excellent. I, I think Evan Peters is going to kill it. I, I really do. It, it's, it's like, I know a lot of people are not, sometimes are like, look at Ryan Murphy as a polarizing figure, especially with his latter American Horror Story stuff, which, again, I've, I've liked a good amount of seasons. American Horror Stories, the last season, not the, not the first season, but the last season was a complete bust, in my opinion. It had some good episodes, but yeah. So, uh, but other than that, I am very much looking forward to it. So, before I get into anything else, Let's take a word to hear from our sponsors, or take a moment to hear from our sponsors, and I will see you all in just a moment. In the segment, I usually don't talk about too much, but I want to give my thoughts on some TV shows that have ended recently in terms of their seasons. Harley Quinn just ended, which I love this season. I've found every season of Harley Quinn better than the last. I thought this season was excellent. Uh, I love that we got to also see, I'm not going to go too deep into sports, but I did love that we got to see Dr. Psycho again. Clayface, I thought, was a was a centerfold in this show, which I thought was great. I thought the chemistry between uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy was was fantastic. I even liked that they dived more into Batman the, and the stereotypes with him, like especially the, the stuff that's been going on the last many years and all that. So I, I really enjoyed this season. I can't not wait for the next season. What We Do in the Shadows, season four was also very fucking good. One of my favorite episodes was basically a parody of home improvement shows. Uh, I thought the Colin Robinson arc of this season was handled really well. Uh, I thought that the Najah's Bar was handled good. I did also... Uh, like Guillermo's uh, arc in this season. Nandor's I did like, but then there were parts where I thought, okay, what was the point then? You know, so there, like, and then Lazo, I, I liked Lazo had more of a heartfelt arc in this, in this season than in previous seasons. I, I thought all the characters, for the most part, matured gracefully in this, se- in this season. And uh, I just I just really enjoyed this. Now, I talked about earlier, American Horror Stories, the second season, just wrapped up recently. And I will say that this was a disappointing season. Uh, the last episode with Alicia Silverstone was a was not that good. The two episodes I did like were the one, was the one with Bella Thorne and Necro, which uh, I did. I did enjoy both episodes. But besides that, this, ep- this season was a massive disappointment. I, I actually did enjoy the first season. Uh, even though it did rely too heavily on Murder House, but this season was a dud. This was a misfire for me, in my humble opinion. Uh, but besides that, <clears throat> She-Hulk, I'm, I'm caught up with all the episodes of She-Hulk currently, uh, and they just teased a uh, big, big, uh, uh, I guess, uh, appearance, and that we basically, if you've seen the trailers, you know what I'm talking about, and if you've seen the last episode, I'm. I will be honest here. I mainly watched She-Hulk because of that particular character. 
it's kind of like with Echo, same thing. I'm I'm really watching for that same reason because with the Marvel shows, I have not. I I've, I've had a love hate relation ever since Wandavision. But She Hulk is is an okay show. It's not like it's not as bad as Hawkeye. Hawkeye was a complete and utter disaster until like the last couple episodes. But um, I still need to watch the uh, Lord of Rings, the new Lord of Rings show. Uh, I believe there's three or four episodes now, so I need to start watching that. Uh, but, um, yeah, those are my, and there's going to be a lot of, I know, I believe it's next week. Next week is going to be a busy week for me. I've got the Dahmer show. I've got, uh, I'm going to be seeing the, uh, Avatar and, and the, um, and IMAX, hopefully, uh, there may be something that comes up that may delay it, but we'll see. And then I got, uh, what, and then I got the Munsters cause I know a lot of people want to hear my thoughts about that when that comes out. So uh, but yeah, those are some of my quick thoughts on some of the TV shows that have been that have just recently ended and one that's continuing on right now. So with that, I will see you all in a minute. And now we are talking about 14 my favorite games of all time. In honor of episode 14, in honor of the fact that we are talking a lot about video games this week, why not get to know a little bit about what I play? What I've what I feel like is the best games of all time, in my opinion. So to start things off with number fourteen, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two. Spoiler alert! Also, we're going to see a lot of twos and a lot of sequels in this list. But Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two was my introduction to Tony Hawk. I went and played the first game and the third game, and I've been a fan ever since. It's had its ups and downs, but Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 had some of my favorite um, core, uh, tracks, if you will, and some of my favorite songs from that era. And playing it on the N64, even the Game Boy, I think it was on the Game Boy Advance, the original Xbox, I think it was 2X. And then, of course, the most recent Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 remake. Both games, I could have put both of them in here as a whole, but... If I had to pick between one, it'd be Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Number 13, probably one of the more recent games on this list, and that is Resident Evil Village. Now, when this game came out, I was going through a lot of personal uh, issues. And this game hit right at home for me. It kind of got me out of a dark place. And... With certain things, I won't go into detail what those issues were, but I was going through some issues that were similar to what Ethan was going through. And now, granted, Ethan was going through a broader scale, but, you know. And I just enjoyed the characters, Lady Dimitrescu, Heisenberg, and I just, and I'm excited for the gold edition for the new DLC to come out. I've been waiting for that for a year. Plus, it has one of the most terrifying levels in all of gaming. In my humble opinion, if you've played the game, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Number 12 is Crash Bandicoot. And again, I could have put the first three games in there and even the Insane Trilogy, but Crash Bandicoot, that was like my Mario. I was, my first system I ever owned was a Super Nintendo, but I wasn't like this huge Mario nut or even Sonic. Crash was my mascot, if you will. And so playing the games, even as today, and getting, uh, getting my daughter in, invested into that game. 
I was the same with Tony Hawk. It was something that I really enjoy. You know, it, it's something that was could be passed down from generations. And it's just a fun game with a funny premise. Number 11, and this was a hard one because I knew I was going to put a Burnout game in here. But I did not know which Burnout game to put because you could have put Burnout Revenge, you could have put Burnout 3 Takedown, you could have put the one I'm about to put. But after much thought, my number 11 was Burnout Paradise. It had, in my opinion, the best soundtrack in all of uh, in all the Burnout games. Some of my favorite bands of all time, Caesar, Alice in Chains, uh, even some like glam rock, Twisted Sister, and some lesser-known bands were in here. Depeche Mode, not really lesser-known, but that was my introduction to Depeche Mode. And it was a Burnout game in the open world. Now, there was some things that from Burnout Paradise or Burnout 3 and Burnout uh, Revenge that were not in here, which was unfortunate. But this game still holds up to this date, even playing a remastered version. So that one is my number 11. Number 10 is Grand Theft Auto Vice City. No, I'm not talking about the remastered. Even though I am playing it currently. Because the only way you can play it on the Xbox One, unfortunately. I think on most systems, actually. But as a per someone who loves the 80s, loves 80s music, loves Hollow Notes, loves Foreigner, loves other, other great bands from that time, and I love Scarface and, a lot, and Miami Vice, this was the perfect amalgamation of this of that era. And Tommy Vercetti, one of my favorite characters. <clears throat> like I I was still playing, like I my first Grand Theft Auto game I ever played was four. Same with Resident Evil was four. Same with Metal Gear Solid was four. Which is funny because a lot of these in this list are twos, but I'll get to that. But so when I went back into playing the older Grand Theft Auto games, the one I fell in love with the most was Vice City. Three, I enjoyed for being revolutionary. San Andreas, I enjoyed. But Vice City, of the three mainline PS2 and Xbox games, that was my all-time favorite. Number nine is Star Wars Battlefront 2, 2005. I will say that the 2017 Star Wars Battlefront 2 has gotten better. It sucks that the player base has shrunk tremendously. But uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 had everything you wanted in a Star Wars game. Had It's a shame we never got a sequel to this in Part 3. But Star Wars Battlefront 2 mixed, of course, the prequels. Everything from Episode 1 to Episode 3 had some of the great uh, scores, especially from Episode 3. Episode 3 has some of my favorite scores from that the prequel trilogy. And you got to play as Jedi's and Siths. In the original Battlefront, you could only play, or you couldn't even play them. They were they were in the game, but they were they were only they were like bosses for each thing. So with this one, you got to play them. You got to explore wider, vast maps. You got space combat, which was great. The only other time you could probably play is like the Rogue Squadron games from back in the day. This was the perfect Star Wars game. And it's why it's the, main star, it's the only Star Wars game in this list. Number eight, Marvel Spider-Man. We haven't had a, what you would call a, a phenomenal Star Wars game since, or Spider-Man game, excuse me, since uh, the Spider-Man 2 from 2004. We've had some good Spider-Man games since, but we've not, like Ultimate Spider-Man, I think is an unsung hero. But nothing to the 
to that same pedigree of Spider-Man 2. Then Marvel's Spider-Man came out and had one of the best stories, one of the best uh, Spider-Man portrayals, voice-wise. One of the best, uh, like, just the catalog of villains. They didn't go with everybody. And then the cliffhanger, the DLC, even what I enjoyed, Black Cat and all that. Had some heartfelt uh, moments in there. Just a fantastic game from start to finish. Gameplay was great. It was very Arkham-esque. Uh, which we'll get to Ar one of the Arkham games in this list. But Spider-Man, Marvel's Spider-Man is a fantastic game. And I've played a little bit of Miles Morales because I haven't had a PS4, PS5 currently. And that one's pretty good too. I haven't gotten enough into it to where I could say if it's, if it's a great companion piece. But but yeah, definitely, if you have not checked out Marvel's Spider-Man, definitely check it out. Number seven is going to be probably controversial due to the fact that I do... One thing I will say is the gameplay is very generic. But the story is what keeps this game high up here. And that is Spec Ops The Line. I did a piece a few years ago calling Spec Ops The Line an underrated masterpiece. Because it has one of the best stories and twists and just everything in between of a, of a game. And, and it's unfortunate that it's basically a third-person shooter. Very Gears of War-like in terms of its combat. And the controls are clunky at times. But the story is what keeps you going. And it's, it's just a phenomenal game. And if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. Just overlook the gameplay. Just go into it for the story. Number six is Resident Evil 2. Now, I'm going to I'm going to mainly base this off of the remake. I have played the original Resident Evil 2. But some of you may know in my Resident Evil love, Leon is my boy. Leon is my main man. Leon is my ride or die. So I love Leon. I love Ada. So <clears throat> I could have put Resident Evil 4 in here, but personally, I love Resident Evil 2 more, especially the remake. I think the Mr. X scenes are fantastic. I think some. I think this is the scariest Resident Evil game, especially the remake, in a very long time. And the gameplay was fixed and, and fine and all that stuff. So... And the voice acting, every everything about Resident Evil 2 Remake is just fantastic. That's why I will mainly... You could put both versions, but I will mainly focus on the remake of Part 2. So, my number five is Max Payne 3. I'm a big fan of the Max Payne games. Max Payne 2 is the... is Or Max Payne 3 is the best Max Payne game. Has the great score by health. Has the uh, great performance... Performances has the great. I like the kind of the sense, uh, film aspect of it. I just love everything about this game. And the gameplay, which would be, which basically was the catalyst to the gameplay we would see in Grand Theft Auto V, was just great. And I just love Max's story, and I think this is a fine ending to his character and to that arc. Number four was Batman Arkham City, or is Batman Arkham City? What they did in Batman Arkham Asylum, they basically he expanded upon it, made it better. Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, just fantastic. The great performances, Mr. F Mr. Freeze level, scope of the game was just great. My only downside, I'd say, would be the Hugo Strange role in the game. But other than that, just a fantastic follow-up. Basically, from four to one, they're all twos, even though Batman Arkham City does say two, but still. Number three, 
Silent Hill 2. Now, I've said this, that Silent Hill is my favorite horror franchise, even though number one may beg to differ, but in terms of the singular games, I'm just focusing on that. Silent Hill 2, again, took what was made great of the first game and expanded upon it and made it just a great great um, sequel. The, the protagonists and just the, like, Pyramid Head... Pyramid Head already should should tell you why this game is the best version or best uh, sequel of uh, Silent Hill. And this story, you could kind of compare it to Resident Evil Village in a way of the main protagonist, Hunt, James. And plus, I always love an ending that has an alternate ending with a doll controlling everything. Number two, Gears of War 2. A lot of people are Halo fans. I'm a, for Xbox. I'm a Gears of War fan. I love all the Gears, even the fifth one. I know a lot. Of, not a lot of people like that one's very divided. But the the only thing I had an issue with was which one do I put? Do I put Gears of War two? Do I put Gears of War three? Now, based off of some of the emotions in the game, and both of them are emotional games, especially in part three with Dom. But Dom has a, another great emotional scene in part two. And again, a game that expanded upon the original which we're going to get to number one, another way of expanding upon the original. But uh, Gears of War 2 is just a fantastic game. It adds some new characters, some new enemies, and some new big bads that will lead into the follow-up sequels. And finally, at number one is Dead Space 2. Talk about expanding upon the original. Isaac Clarke is probably one of, one of, if not my favorite, video game character, a singular character. Maybe outside of Leon Candy. And I just enjoyed this game from start to finish. It has some of the best, uh, the best graphics, the best, and it still holds up to this day. It has some of the best levels as one of my favorite and frustrating levels with the eye. That's all I'll say with that. As someone who is a big fan of Event Horizon, I call it my favorite uh, sci-fi horror film of all time. And this game takes heavily all the Death Space games from, like, Event Horizon, Alien, Aliens, and The Sane, especially in Part 3. Death Space 2 took everything great about the original and expanded upon it and gave more depth to the character of Isaac Clarke. And that is why that is my, Death Space 2 is my favorite game of all time. So with that being said, I will see you all in just a moment. So we're here with your physical media report for this week. We've got some uh, pretty decent stuff. I've been hearing a lot of uh, mixed reviews about the Friday 13th uh, 4K that came out this past week. So unfortunate that that's going on, but we'll, we'll keep up with that. Night Gallery Season 3 will be coming from Kino Lorber on November 22nd. Uh, I still need to get the other ones, actually. Uh, let's see. The uh, Criterion announces December releases. We'll see uh, Cooley High. We'll get uh, The Velvet Underground. Those will be coming for in December. And then, let's see, we got The Evil Dead, uh, some of the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, behind the, or the uh, special features. Also, we got Doom Patrol coming to us, the third season coming to us from Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Can't talk today. On November 15th, 
We also have Elf coming to 4K from Warbirds on November the 11th. We got The Invitation, which we talked about earlier in the box office report. That'll be coming to us on Blu-ray. No 4K announcement, but that'll be coming to Blu-ray on October 25th. Notebook will be coming to 4K on October 25th. Halo Season 1 will be coming to us with a 4K Blu-ray and a Steelbook coming to us on November 15th from Paramount. Bodies, 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 as I previously mentioned, will be a Best Buy exclusive 4K Blu-ray coming to us on October the 18th. And we got a Top Gun Steelbook Superfan Collection 4K coming to us with uh, both movies coming to us on December the 6th. This is Gwar's Blu-ray coming to us from Shudder, and I'm, I'm pretty sure RLJE, coming to us on October 24th. Frasier, the complete series, will be coming to us from Paramount on November the 8th on Blu-ray. So that is interesting. I love Frasier. I actually I think Frasier is a good, fantastic show. So next up, let's get into the rest of the news, if there is any. This is all coming to us from, from Blu-ray.com. Kamikaze coming to us on Blu-ray sometime later this year from Kino Lorber. And I believe that is it. I think I talked about War of the Worlds 4K coming to us from Paramount on November 7th. So <coughs> let us see what is coming out on Blu-ray and 4K this week. And it's going to be a big week. Mainly for catalog releases. But we've got September 20th. we got The Lost Boys coming to us from 4K from Warner Bros. we got Poltergeist coming to us from Warner Bros. on 4K. Those will be coming with standard slipcovers and steelbooks. We're also getting Indiana Jones Kingdom of the Crystal Skull steelbook coming to us from, uh, coming to us, I believe, from Universal on with a 4K steelbook. we got Curse Films 2 coming to us from Shudder and RLJE. We got Crawl coming to 4K. We got Batman, the long Halloween, the complete version, which comes to us from Warner Bros. in DC that comes with a 4K and Blu-ray. comes with both versions of the, or both parts of the long Halloween on one set. So that is cool. I did enjoy the long Halloween part one and two, so that could be a, a later pickup. Probably during Black Friday like I did with the Blu-ray set. And with that... We also got King Kong, the original, coming to us from Warner Archives. And that looks like to be it in terms of that. Mainly a lot of catalog releases. But nonetheless, we got some good stuff coming to us. And let me look. We got, the, of course, the Best Buy exclusive 4K. I'm looking currently at the releases for September 27th. And we got some good releases we got one big theatrical release, and then I know we got some Scream Factory releases, but we'll, we'll check that out next week. So with that, we'll, I will see you all in a moment with the movie of the week. And now for the movie of the week, which is A24 and Ty West's prequel to the movie X, Pearl, starring Mia Goth. This was just a fantastic film. This this will be the year in terms of horror. We've talked about Jenna Ortega. She was also an ex. We've talked about different people in the horror genre in, the, in this year. But this should be the year of Mia Goth because she handed basically 
three fantastic performances as Maxine, which you talked about earlier, in X, the older version of Pearl from X, and then now the younger version of Pearl in Pearl. And this was this was more of a story-based movie than slasher. Like there was a I won't go into too much detail, but there was this one scene that basically felt like a long take. And it was just of the performance. I thought it was breathtaking. It was like this one shot, like just one continuous shot. And I just thought it was just phenomenal. But the rest of the movie has some good kills. It has some good, it has some good uh, story and background to everything. The ending is just bonkers, which again, you should expect from the same person who made X. And it gives me hope for the future of this franchise because it's literally now becoming a franchise, which I'm all for. But if I had to give it a, I, I, I really wouldn't have any major issues with the film as a whole. I thought it was directed uh, perfectly. I thought the filming or the writing was great. I thought the setting, while they used some some places from the original from X, I thought the I thought it was especially back when it was a lot more lively in Pearl compared to how it was in X. And this is a just a fantastic and extraordinary, pun intended, follow-up to X. Or I guess you would call it a um, setup for X because it's a prequel. So I recommend going to check it out at whatever theater you like to go uh, see movies at. So with that being said, we are done with this episode of the House of Chain podcast. We are on the road to episode 15. We are also on the road to the Halloween season. I cannot wait. So with all that being said, y'all stay groovy. Stay safe out there. And remember, at the House of Chain, the house always wins. Take care, guys.